Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton, and along with me, as always, is the terror of the Thanksgiving turkey trot, Bethany McChesney. And this episode is brought to you by Duonamic, uh, creator of the door frame pull-up things, which are amazing. Uh, I did like a Murph-style workout with one the other day. It's really fun. And our new sponsor, designateddrinks.ca, which, all right, so I had some like athletic brew stuff, right, that they that they have the... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that one? upside down and this one was the run wild right so those are mainstays and they're pretty good um i still like the light one better they don't they don't have that one but just so that you know like i'm not like yay everything okay so uh libra 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 they have a lager and stuff which i tried which i liked that was pretty good but this is the pumpkin spice ale No, no, go. no, it's just a no. Yeah. Unless you're one of those people who wants like pumpkin spice on everything this time of the year. And like, you know, <laughs> which is cool. That's your thing. I don't care. This. No, just no. No, go. Yeah. Honest reviews. No. <laughs> I give it a no out of 10. Some things just shouldn't be mixed. Yeah. Pumpkin spice and beer. No, I like beer that tastes like beer. Even when it's non-alcoholic beer. So, yeah, keep your pumpkin spice for your coffee. Exactly. Well, I don't even drink that. But yeah, I'll take your word for it. Go ahead. Yeah, have that. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Pumpkin pies, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to be too long today because we got uh, an interview to follow with uh, David McGee. Great. And I got to sit down and have a good chat with him. That was awesome. A lot of fun. There's a couple of things though, I wanted to cut, talk to you about. So Spartan has announced that at in Dubai for a world championship, they are going to have a three-person relay. Uh-huh. team relay uh um co-ed and it'll be a 1k loop and each person will do one lap of it uh-huh. i'm liking that it sounds very exciting sounds very exciting very good um i just don't want to get disappointed here that's the thing <laughs> i don't i don't want to get my hopes up but the First thing that enters my mind. Okay, so first thing was like, cool, that's great. You know, 3K relay, that's going to be fast, going to be exciting. I think it's going to be like 10 obstacles per 1K, like very dense, great. And if it's in Dubai, it's probably going to be super fast because it's going to be on probably really fat, flat running. I don't think they'll put it in a deep sand area. Anyway, then the first thing that entered my mind is if you're setting this up, why not do Spartan Cross too? Right, because that sounds like the perfect setup for it. It is the setup for it. So I've, I've commented that on a couple of comments, and some of the Spartan responses have been, like, encouraging that perhaps they're thinking of that. Maybe they'll do a test. I don't know. And even, and I don't have any inside information on this. This is just me. I did the same thing in the Spartan Canada. Somebody else said the same thing, and I Spartan Canada put, like, a winky face or something like that, like maybe Mm -hmm. this is something we'll see i'm very much hope so because that could totally change some of my race goals would be all about that a 3k super obstacle dance multi-lap oh great yeah so this means then they're gonna have to move some obstacles into this 1k loop after the saturday uh championship races does it because i hope that they would move some obstacles to create an obstacle dense 1k loop i I understand but if you're creating and building the course in such a way 
And I looked at this, so I, and this is just grief briefly, they're not going to have a Spartan cross at Blue Mountain. So don't get in your head when I say this, but I looked at the map and they always have that gauntlet near the end. Right. Right. And in certain situations, so you put that gauntlet, there was like 10 obstacles, blah, 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 right down in the bottom. And if you build your course with that in mind, you can go out and back in and out and back in kind of thing and set up so that you can then cut it into a 1K course. It is doable where you right. don't have to move it. It just takes a lot of planning and you have to have a good site. Like it, the first couple of times they do, it would probably be hard, but then they'd get their head wrapped around it and you could go from there. I think. Yeah. So then with it being co-ed now, um, so we're talking there's carries and hoist. Mm -hmm. Um, so then it's all just set up that it could be co-ed. So if you're female or you're male or are, is everybody doing the same weights coming in? I think they probably would, would have to set up so that you get a female and the male being the voice. Mm -hmm. And I'm just guessing, I'm assuming that cause I do believe like say like the Herc hoist will be in it. I don't think they're going to move that. It's just going to be where it is and they'll build around it. So I think it'll be set up like that. I mean, in right now, how much, I guess like the carries and things like that. So they do have a few that are different weights for, for different sexes, but we'll see. It's a good question to ask, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm just excited about it though. I think it puts a new wrinkle on it. I love, like we all know the team stuff is the most fun. Yeah. And like everybody who's gone to these champions type races, like OCRWC, you go and you race your championship races, 3K, 15. And then the team races are honestly the most memorable and the biggest highlights of your weekend, really. And it's kind of the add-on. Yeah. Um, so you go and you race your races and then everything left in your legs is for the team stuff. Like you don't, um, and you kind of, if there's ways people also finagle doing multiple team races. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, let's get an, a little bit extra out of this trip, out of um, the location that we're at, like run it a little bit more and get a little bit more obstacle experience. So it just adds a little bit more to your weekend. And honestly, in any times that I've done team races, it is the most exciting and most fun moments of the entire weekend. So I love that they're doing this. So you said something that actually brought up something I wasn't even thinking about, but I wanted to talk about it probably another time and I forgot. So you just said as, as an add-on for the weekend, right? Yeah. And that's true. It does get it treated that way. And same with the team relay at OCRWC. And then I thought about, they said with the same thing I've heard people say with the, with the 100 meter. It's a, it's a nice add-on. Yeah. These are only add-ons in these pro big races and considered so because there's not the big prize money. If you put the yeah. big prize money, it's no longer an add-on. It's now a big deal race. And that's what I keep thinking that everybody says the 100 meter, for, you know, it's just a nice little what side thing or whatever. It is whatever. If you make that thing worth what the other races are, it's not a side thing anymore. It's it's the legit thing. And same with the team race. Like everybody loves the team race. It's a lot of fun. But if you start putting up good cash for that race, people are going to take it serious. You're going to get people who are specializing in it. You're and that would yeah. happen. So only a side thing until the cash is there. And then it'll be a real deal thing. Yeah. But then I also really appreciate then when, especially at a world championship, if you're going to put prize money and podiums, make it uh, country specific. Yeah. And I, I like that. 
I know that they've tried that with OCRWC. They did it, was it in 2017, Spartan Worlds, where they did it? And I think because we had, I remember because the Canadians one was like Austin, Sam, and 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 Ryan. Mm-hmm. One for the men. And then I, I don't remember for the women who it was. I don't remember. I don't remember. I was still, this was like my first race ever. So like, I didn't know. No, th- so this was a Spartan one. This was Spartan, not, not. Oh, for Spartan. Oh, okay. Because yeah. oh, I remember. So, well, so we had, we had Faye, Austin, and was it Mick? No, no, no. So for the one, like I said, for the men was Austin, Sam, and Ryan. Yeah. And they, they wore the crop tops. And then. Oh, okay. And then I can't remember the women, but you got to guess it was probably Lindsay, Faye, and... Jess Lemon. There you go. Jess Lemon, Amanda Nadeau. Yeah. Somebody. We yeah. really should know that. That's something we should know. I'm going to edit that out. No, <laughs> I'm not. It's too much work. Um, I think you're talking... I think it was Jess Lemon. It could be. It could be. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, to see that, and that's where they're going again. They're bringing that back and that's great. I, I really hope that they have enough to get good quality entries. Um, there's no qualification for it. So anybody there can go in it. I don't know if they're going to make the teams be country oriented or they're just going to say, let's just get enough teams in so we have a good race. So we'll see. But I'm very excited about it. And it's going to be really good for a live stream. Yeah. Because that'll be condensed and awesome. I look forward to watching that. Uh-huh. Yeah, unless they want to pay me, and then I look forward to commentating on them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't think I'm on the short. Oh, I might be on the short list for that, but I'm not on the immediate list for that. <laughs> maybe the back, maybe the backup list. We'll see. A um, couple other things. Uh, I did. I, I reshared a story where some of the CrossFit events have not been paying out. So the first thing I want to make clear, because CrossFit Canada messaged me and they said these events that have done this are not CrossFit affiliates. So they're not CrossFit games. They're adjacent to CrossFit, right? So like they're not put on by CrossFit, the organization itself. They're put on by someone else. So just like to make that distinction. Rogue? Exactly. It wasn't Rogue, but yeah, this was the, the one in particular was Can West. Okay. And, and like, so he just wanted to say, you know, and I'm making it clear that that is not like CrossFit themselves, did not put on an event and did not pay. It was uh, somebody else put on a CrossFit style event, you know? So, okay. yeah. Yeah. So just to make clear. So anyway, yeah, they struggled to pay out. And I guess it, you basically, essentially they just didn't get the, you know, the spectators they thought they would, the sponsorship they thought they would. And it's, it is what it is. And they put up some hefty prize money and they just could not fall through. Now, I think they're still saying they're going to try to, but that is, is that a disturbing thing for the sport or is that more of a state on the current economy and comeback from COVID? Yeah, so I'm going to speak from a gym owner's perspective and some of that is honestly just the state of the fitness, racing gym world where I think we all just kind of assumed that at this point things would be back on the upswing and everybody would kind of be back to their gyms back to like the racing scene and people would would be excited to come back 
And I've had hundreds of conversations about maybe why things haven't happened that way. Um, uh, mental wellness has played a big part in that with people's uh, um, just delay in coming back to things. And so I think when things were planned, maybe, I don't know, three, four, six months ago, we just had these assumptions that all of this stuff in this world would be back to how it was around this time because typically the fall is a great season for the fitness world and for competitions and it just hasn't been that way um you ask, you talk to gym owners and race directors and our numbers are just not what we had expected them to be so i think that's what that is a reflection of and it's unfortunate when you live in this world and you have a business in this world, but um, I I believe that's what it is. So I'm like I'm sad to hear that that that's kind of why that they haven't been able to pay their athletes. So yeah, I think that's what it is. I think you're I think you're probably right. And um, CrossFit doesn't seem as a, as a movement to be losing any momentum, which I think is great. So that wouldn't make logical sense. And I think especially with spectators, because it's just so hard to get to get there right now. Like flights and traveling and gas is all so expensive to yeah. take anything. And hotels, hotels are bloody through the roof. They have well, some and, and that's kind of the add-on to all of this too, when it comes to um the races and everything, is it's not just people lacking motivation to be back in the gym and back to signing up to events, is now we're also looking at people going to the events when you and then when you tack on things like um the gas prices going up and everyone trying to recover from COVID. So everything that has to do with the hotel and tourism. Uh, industry has also jacked up their prices to try to recover from the last two years so all of that is kind of the add-on to all of these business that run fitness events um kind of suffering so yeah that's like the next level of things suffering i mean we just talked about this earlier tonight there's the other thing too is freaking this is aside from the crossword thing races are so bloody expensive like races are through the roof expense. I went and I looked because I'm, I'm going to go to High Rock, Chicago, and it's like two hundred dollars US for uh, for a solo High Rocks. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Like, I know they, and, and I'm not saying it's a ripoff. I know that they put a lot into the product, and it's expensive to set up, and it is what it is. But I mean, like, when we're going to Chicago, and you're thinking, you know, we're two two three nights there. You're the gas to get there and back. You're two two hundred dollars per race for two people like this is this is more than a thousand dollar weekend right mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah and when i did a high rocks um so it'll be three years ago when you do high rocks in 2023 it would have been like the registration would have been two-thirds of that cost yeah yeah so again businesses are trying to find that sweet spot of where do we start to lose participants based on price and where can we kind of push that barrier of entrance fees to make a profit and again they're also trying to survive after yeah. two two and a half years of lost registration fees so they're trying to kind of bump it up a little bit because you know 10 20 dollars on a registration fee makes a significant difference oh, yeah. when you're having 
800 plus participants. So we're like, everyone's just trying to recover, but yeah, you're looking at like $200 for a race is a significant chunk of money. But you know what? Maybe, maybe they're right now. I'm wrong though, because in New York, they had their best um, attendance for North American race yet, you know, and, and that's a great sign. That's really good. I'm, I'm glad to see it. Um, I just, I just know for me personally, like that is getting up there in price. And that's, that's a lot. Like, I mean, it's still going to do them, but it won't be three or four, right? It, it, it might just yeah. be one or, you know, maybe two, right? Well, like, when you're, like looking at a race like New York though, they could pull just from people within driving distance. Yeah. 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 That venue. Yeah. Yeah, Which, that's true. I mean, we're not talking about a Spartan race where people have to drive and fly and pay hotels. And it's, it's, you know, not just driving distance, it's, it's train subway, like, you know, like yeah. that area, right. The mass transit in that area is so much better than what, now, again, you're not getting it to Spartan races, but even what we're used to in Toronto, like the, the transit system is so much better that you're, you're absolutely right. They could easily pull from there and, you know, Hopefully they hopefully they continue to get good numbers. I want them to get good numbers. I want Hyrox to stick around. I want Hyrox to do really well. I want Deca to do really well. Deca, in my mind, is still a great value. That's just me. Um, yeah. And RX one, I said RX one, great value there. Um, possibly the best value for your money. Don't really just say that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just I th I think just with the cost of everything, going back to CrossFit, like. Everybody's hurting. Everybody's trying their best, but hopefully those athletes get paid. Yeah. And um, I will say that it does put, I guess, I guess it's a gamble and I guess that's the way they're, they do it. But man, make sure you got the prize money before you promise it or, or tell the athletes it's, you know, percentage of gate or something. I don't know. Some way. Cause yeah, maybe in these times that might be a safe strategy. I don't know. It's kind of it's it's probably things they haven't really had to deal with before. So, yeah. but I like that percentage of gate yeah. fees or something. Be like north of seven and Sylvie, and just give it to you right on the podium. Be done. <laughs> just cash That's... in an envelope. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Maybe a nice suitcase, big silver one pops up. You know, the briefcase deal. Yeah. Or like I, this term also is used in business often under promise and over, um, over perform. So over, yeah, you know, over say, yeah, over deliver. So, you know, say, you know, at least this much and like low ball it. And then if you make enough, you know, give them a little bit more then people are happy. We do that at work where yeah. like, where they'll ask me like, can you have this done by the end of the day? And I'll be like, no way. Not a chance. <laughs> Knowing full well that I'll probably have it done in an hour and a half. But then you get it done and everybody's happy. Right. And Under promise. That's right. And if you don't get it done, everybody's like, okay, cool. Well, you said you wouldn't get it done today. You said it'd be done tomorrow. So that's great. And that right. way you also account for when screw-ups happen. And sometimes the world throws you a curveball and you got to deal with it. So absolutely right. Under, under promise or yeah, under promise over deliver or overperform, yep. whatever you want to say. Yeah. That said, we already talked longer than we were supposed to. So um, <laughs> we're going to get on to my interview with David Megida coming off his win at High Rocks, New York. And uh, yeah, he's got lots to say and uh, maybe a little trash talk for Bracken on that one. Anyway, David Megida. Hold on.
Almost nailed it. Nailed it. Um, I literally, it says recording in progress. And instead of hitting got it, I hit leave meeting. Um, <laughs> so this is what happens when you've got oh, little baby ah. dropped off. I know. Look at this little critter. Oh. Are they they can't see, can they? they yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it on YouTube. Oh. Hi. Or we can dox is, events, you know. This this is Nor K, aka Pet, aka my child. Mini Megita. Yeah, Mini Megita. Oh, that's awesome. You know what? We had an inordinate number of babies on this podcast for some reason. It just happens a lot. <laughs> Man, listen, I if you have a baby, there's like you, you gotta put them somewhere. I think Honestly, and this may sound like horrible parenting, but that's normal for me. I think the first night I had my daughter, maybe the second night, we might have went to the bar. <laughs> Just like. So, like, was it a bar or was it a restaurant that served it's drinks? It's like a because, pub, like, like a British pub. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I'm one of those people that, like, I take my kid to breweries and, yes. like, I take, like, I'm not, I don't think it's irresponsible if, no. as long as you aren't drinking and driving. So, no, no. So, I know, mean, we have we have like three breweries within walking distance of the house. So, we'll like push the push the stroller over there and then go have a few and then push it home. Or exactly. we'll like finish a run. We'll like finish a run with the running stroller at a brewery. Like, and I was like, I was like 24 too, right? I was like 24. So, you hung out at the bar at the time, right? So, I was like, and it was like one of those seven at night, 6 30 at night. Here's the baby. And then, you know, everybody sees. So, it wasn't that bad. I, I maybe make it sound worse than this, but you know. Dude, I'm 36. Am I? Is is it like? Is there a point where you've hit like too old to take a baby to the bar? No, it's when you're too old to hang out at the bar all the time. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, yeah, it happens. We do do a little too much of that. I mean, we we go to the bar a lot, but bars are different though. It's like you say, there's a pub, like a a brewery, a pub, a restaurant, and then there's like the club bar, and that's yeah, yeah. We're not clubbing, and we're certainly we're not going to the we're not going to the uh, the kind of bar that like doesn't serve food. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to that. Not not that spot. Oons, 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 oons. There's none of that, man. My Miami <laughs> days are over. Right? So all right. So you don't got a lot of time. So I wanted to start with something, and, and we'll get that like high rocks. And I got the Decker shirt on, even though I just came from work and had it on work, but that's okay. Yeah. I got like lots of that, but I wanted to get into something with you first about rules. The rules, because recently I did listen to Race Brain, and those guys are doing an awesome job. And Bracken went through a whole story about a stadium where he crossed the line first and then you were like the first guy to cross the line that didn't go off course and we heard his side and then i was just listening on the way home to the next one so i want to hear your side of what happened in that race and then i'll tell you what i think ruling bracken and i actually have a very distinctly different memory of what happened (laughs) in that race in bracken's head he and hunter were like uh minutes ahead of everyone else the whole race but actual race went down as follows hunter and bracken were leading one two Isaiah, Vidal, and I were racing behind them maybe 10 to 15 seconds at most. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When we finished the sandbag carry, I think what happened was they exited outside the tape, and we exited inside the tape and continued running. So for Hunter and Bracken, they hit a place with, like, the course, quote-unquote, that they were running with. They, I don't think they were even on the course at that point. They hit, like, closed doors. Mm-hmm. and we never saw any doors of any kind. There were no closed doors. There were no open doors. We continued running. I think we ran back, like, into the bleachers to run, like, more in the stands, and um, all I know is that uh, Isaiah and I are under the impression that we are racing each other for third place. 
Yeah. And we cross the finish line. The, the course goes down onto the main field, and then it comes uh, – and then it comes – like you barbed wire across to the main field. You throw a football that no one could hit because the winds were gusting and the ball is made out of, like, styrofoam. And anyway – uh, you then exit the stadium. It's one of the only stadium races I've ever seen where you exit. You run out onto like a practice field that they have in the exterior of Raymond James Stadium. And you uh, you do like rolling mud pits. And there was a J Jerry can carry, except it was, thank you, uh, except it was um, like the ammo containers, you know, yeah. really heavy ammo containers. And then we ripped around the corner and um, – you had a rope climb, like, like the, the old school ones where they like dug deep into the field and filled it with water. And you like jumped into the water and Bracken was, oh, sorry, not Bracken. Um, and Isaiah somehow had gotten away from me. Um, and he crosses in what we realized partway into this, that there was no one in front of us. Yeah. And so we're like, oh shit, like we're first and second. And we crossed the finish line. Isaiah is literally marked as, first place they've already disqualified hunter and bracken yeah. when they get there they're like you guys didn't hit like half these checkpoints like you're disqualified um because they they're like literally their timing chips did knock over a bunch of spots yeah. and so they look to us and they go isaiah you're first mcgitty you're second isaiah you get two thousand dollars mcgitty you get twelve hundred dollars congratulations and i don't remember who limped in in third but it was a very sizable gap back to the next person um and Anyway, Hunter and Hunter starts tripping immediately, and that was the year that he was affectionately referred to as Joe's Poodle. And Joe DeSena happens to be <laughs> there, and Joe is like, "Well, you know, Hunter probably should have won that race or some something." And I was like, "Well, Joe, like, I won this. I mean, I won my money fair and square. Like, yeah. we we ran the whole race. They did it. There is no precedent ever in the sport for." like restarting the race but his uh, his decision is we'll restart the race from the point where they got lost which is about halfway and we'll race it out again so we race it out again and i'm confident that in this short course i've got a shot to win the whole damn thing but we get down to the field which has the football throw instead of a spear into the barbed wire crawl and everyone misses except isaiah whose ball goes straight sideways because of the wind and like he aims for like you throw it to like a trash can yeah uh that's like tilted towards you he throws it to the one that's straight in front of him it blows like eight trash cans down and goes into one of those ones just like pure dumb luck by like the wind gust and because it's not it was windy in there it just was i know we're in a stadium but it was and uh he takes off we all are doing burpees it's a burpee off hunter exits before me and then I'm Bracken and I exit basically together. We get out of the barbed wire together. We get through the herc hoist together. I'm ahead of him after the hoist. He passes me after the jerry can carry. And then we enter the rope, uh, the rope climb. He jumps into the water and starts climbing up. I jumped from the side and jumped to the rope without entering the water, climbed up. And then he drops from the rope. I dropped in front of him. I remember this distinctly because I cut him off his route out of the water by dropping it in front of him. And then we got out of the water basically together with 150 meters left. And he just out sprinted. He literally turns to me and goes, sorry, Megita. And he <laughs> out, he out sprinted me uh, over the slip wall and beat me by like a second or two. And um, yeah, I got $0. Uh, 
he got $800 for that. So either way, I lost $1,200 and then I lost $800. And it was a very heartbreaking day. I uh, think but... this, this is why I write it because I'm a rule guy. I love the rules and I follow the rules and I like the rule book and I like the, to, to follow it. And to me, and this is why I'm going to back you because, you know, they're on race brain. They're all, you know, they're a team. And I love all those guys. They're great. But, you know, yeah, here it is. They went off course, which means they need to come back onto course at the point where they left course and then finish the race. And if they cross right. the finish line before doing so, they're disqualified. That's simple rules. So, ergo, there should never have been all this extra stuff going on. But I thought it was very interesting. I'd and also add that I am notorious for getting lost in races. Like, there yeah. was a stretch in, like, 2012 to 2015 where I got lost in, like, seven races. And you're just you get lost you're just shit out of luck it's yeah. just it's just the deal it's just the deal like you yes the courses were not marked well back in the day like it's true but they were not marked well for everybody yes. not just for the people in the lead and you know we're all running fast we're all not seeing everything clearly so yeah, yeah so, my two so cents i'm with you isaiah should have won you should have been second and whoever left home yeah. third should have been third that's that's yeah. my official and isaiah and Isaiah's gotten the best of me in like three of these, which is so annoying because uh, I just don't think he could ever beat me in one other one of these races right now. But, you know. He's lost time. those running legs. I don't think he's got the running yeah. legs. <laughs> he used to be good at stadiums, though. He used to be really oh, good. Oh, yeah. He was great and super competitive. Um, So I'm going to tell you a story from my past, from my racing experience. And I don't think I've ever talked about this online. I've mentioned it to, to like a few friends and stuff we talked about. It, but I went out to Montreal for a platinum rig race. 200-meter course. I made the final, right? Great course, man. It's awesome. I got a whole video of the thing. So great course, made the final. I go out, me and this other guy, there's four of us in the final. The two guys get logged down, bog, bogged down, stuck at obstacles because it's also raining. It's horrible weather. So we're going through, we go through the whole thing. We get to a heavy carry portion. Guy just kicks it down and flies, blows away from me. Absolutely flies away from me, but it gasses him. So then I start picking up, picking up, picking up. We get to a set of spinning monkey bars, you know, rolling monkey bars. He fails it. I pass him. I keep going. He, and then I don't, I lose sight of him at that point because I'm, I'm I'm ahead. I'm trying to get to the end. I go like three, four more obstacles and I look back and he's nowhere to be seen. He's still stuck on those monkey bars. So I let off the gas, go through everything, finish the race, walk across, wait, go back, cheer him on to get him through. You know, he goes through. So I, I win, right? They come to us and tell us, both of us, the other two guys didn't even finish the course because it was raining so bad they couldn't get through the obstacles. Both of us missed an obstacle, uh, a herc hoist that was there. And mm. we said, okay. So they decide you're going to have to, rather than just leave the, it the way it is, because we both missed the same obstacle, but we both ran the same race. Rather than leave it the way it is or do something or DQ us both and give it to one of the other guys or whatever, they decide we're going to take you back to the finish line or the start line. And we're going to make you run three random obstacles, which is funny because it was the only three obstacles he was faster than me on were the three that they picked. And, um, and, and that'll be Sounds for first horrible. place. And that'll be for first place. And I'm like, seriously? So nah, technically, nah, nah, you guys part. both just should have been DQ'd. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, but we were the only two that finished. Oh, well, and you have yeah, a real... Yeah quandary on your hands there that's right that's right so then they went back and did that and the, the thing was too that i crossed the finish line 10 minutes ahead of him on a 200 meter course he was stuck that long right so then we go through and he does beat me on that tiebreaker thing they decided out of nowhere to do by like a quarter of a second 
And so he gets first, I get second. But I'm like, I've always been a bit of a craw on that one. But I, at the same time, there was no rule book, so we couldn't refer to anything. But Not a huge fan of reruns, but I also don't know what you could have done. So No, no. I think since we both made the same, missed the same obstacle, should have just stood and no one else completed it. So that was my, my take. But I've never talked about that online. So a bit of a sour issue. I'm your therapist, you know. Yeah, there Let you go. go. Let it go. All right. Um, another thing with the rules, and this goes back, we'll talk high rocks. Just came back from from New York high rocks. Congratulations. Awesome. Going there was supposed to be an outside race with the running. What did you think going into that? Because, I mean, I'm assuming you're going there trying to set a good time for the U.S. champion, North American championships. Yeah. yeah I. Uh, so, you know, I've been hurt, and, and this was, like, going to be my comeback race. So... Um, I was just kind of use, I wanted to use it as a fitness test more than anything. I wasn't expecting to run like a particularly stellar time, but I also thought like, I'm going to surprise myself because the type of training I've, I've been doing, I think really suits high rocks particularly. And like just being able to grind for like an hour actually was like really ready for that. And, um, so rolling in there, I was stressing out about the outdoor race. Like yeah. I was looking, not just that it was outdoors. Like I was like, I can handle that it's outdoors, but it was like, shoes are going to be wet and then you're going to be trying to like push a sled and like i've had treadmilling shoes at a sled before like twice in orlando where i was able to get past it and win and in chicago where i looked through um and um i definitely was stressed about that and then i was stressed about like the run course that they mapped out had like ramps running down stairs like out to a field and then you're like i don't know if it's a field but you're running outside and then you were hairpin turning like three times per lap and it was still a two lap course so you had like six hairpin turns and i was like this is nuts like yeah. this is easily the slowest course that's ever been designed so i was like looking at like my running is going to be at least two minutes slow on this and like even if it's the same exact distance like even just having four laps versus two is significantly slower yes. significantly like you're losing probably four seconds at least let's call it two and a half to three seconds per lap, which yeah. means over the course of a thousand meters, you might be losing 10 or 12 seconds. And then you multiply that by eight, like dramatic. And yeah. when I'm talking about, so like, even though they moved it inside and I was stoked that they moved it inside, I was like, damn it. Like this is going to keep me from cracking 60. And I think I was ready to run uh, in the low 59s, believe it or not. So especially with how I pushed the sled and, um, so, you know, I was bummed about it, but I also was like, okay, that's good enough for U.S. champs. It probably isn't good enough to qualify for Worlds, but maybe. Last year, it would have been good enough to qualify for Worlds. 60 minutes and 19 seconds. So, you know, we'll hold our breath. So far, the, the Leipzig race was not faster. So, okay. Like, maybe maybe we'll get lucky. Well, maybe wow. the European courses got harder. Like, maybe they're actually running the full distance and <laughs> pushing the same sleds as us now. Like, who who freaking knows? Well, I looked at it, and I said, when I first saw the course, when I first saw the outside, I saw the exact same thing. I'm like, if this is – and, I mean, not everybody can make it to a ton of races. If this is your one chance to try to qualify for whatever division, age group, elite, whatever, you just got boned because that course is going to be excessively slow. And this is why I don't like the qualifying system, and I've been through it tons. But it just – it was completely unfair. Now, the inside was better, but like you say, still four turn four laps. So you essentially ran a high rocks on a deca course. Yes, it was. And so it really like a lot of turning and decelerating into the turn, reaccelerating out of the turn, and also like 
take the same number of people that you were going to have on a 500 meter track and put them on a 250 meter track and be like, have at it. And so, and really it's actually like a 240 meter track. Cause then yeah. it was an extra stretch of running. So, uh, or 230, it's nuts. Uh, it was so tight. It was like tighter than a deck of track and cramming all those bodies in and they're not running in the outside lane. So no. you're weaving, like go back and watch the footage of me. I am, I'm not just weaving through people. I'm threading the needle in like six inch gaps between people yep. and shoving people out of the way. And like one time a girl cut in front of me and I had to come to a complete stop to not run her over. And just, it was gnarly, man. I'm look, the rock zone was fast, yep. but they made up for it by the runs themselves were also more than a thousand. The runs were like 1100, maybe 1080, 1090, they were long. Like I was, I was guesstimating at least seventeen seconds to twenty seconds long per lap or per per thousand. So um, normally I come through around yeah, but normally I come through at around three forty five on a thousand there, and mm -hmm. you know give or take maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Uh, but I was coming through like four hundred two. <laughs> I was like, damn, and I'm running hard, like. And I know I'm running hard, and I confirmed this with a few people. So, um, you yeah. know, I think it makes sense. Like, they have to they have to stretch it to make it the correct amount of meters. And this is one thing that they started doing last year at the end of the year. Every course is 8,700 meters per yes. second. However, and I say however, however, for a reason, that is rock zone and run course is 8,700 meters. Now, if you have a race that has 15 people a wave, your zones themselves may be smaller than uh, a course in the UK with 50 people per wave. 43 is what I had in London last year, where you're running past sleds like forever. Uh, and that's not counted in the distance. So something to keep in mind, the double the amount of sleds, double the amount of rowers, double the amount of skiers. You're running extra distance with all of these things. And in a qualifier like High Rocks, where when it came down to like, there were literally like five guys within like 10 seconds of each other to make the yeah. qualifiers at the end. This absolutely matters. Yeah. And and this is where I brought up and I I pitched this idea to to Hyrox and Dimitra for a qualification system. And I mean, they've gone back, they've modified it a little bit. We're now you're going to be top three in Europe championships, top three in North American championships to get, get in. But then it goes back to the time base after that. And I was of the opinion, first I pitched that it should be three championships, one for the UK because they got so many people racing one for Europe and one for North America. People poked holes in that. I'm like, okay, I, I accept that. But I think now if you did this, I think it'd be super exciting. And I think I sent a message to you, but like do North American champions, okay, first off, two champions provisional, provisionals. So like the past two years, champions get in. They're, 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 they're in there. So that leaves 13 people. I like that. Then, I yeah, like that. that. Yeah. I actually just, just increased the number from 13 also. Like we don't, I'm from 15. We don't have to stay at 15. Yeah, yeah. Go on. But I'm saying if you're doing 15, so you got your two champions in, at least 13 left. Top five from North American get in. Top five from European Championships get in. And then you have one last race, top three, your podium from that race, fill that last three spots. Super exciting. Makes that last race so, really exciting. I love that aside from that, like you are now requiring people to fly abroad. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that is like the obviously the, the rub yeah. in that. Um, I think there are some safe ways to do this a few different ways. One way that I think I agree with you top five at, uh, yeah. at a continental championship race makes a lot of sense. Um, that means you came up, you showed up in the biggest stage and yeah. you, 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 you showed up when it mattered. Right. I like that. Yeah. 
I also think there's something to be said about every course is different. Are you a fucking gamer? Yeah. And um, if you win a race, I think you should be in. I don't think they should put a cap on the number of people as opposed uh, – with the exception of like, look, if Toby goes out and wins six races to keep people from qualifying, like <laughs> so be it. Like yeah. that's fine. I'm cool with that. But like you're talking to a guy – I've won three of like the eight high rocks I've done and – and I finished second in a handful of the other ones. Yeah. In fact, I've only missed an actual – podiums go five deep at championship races. Yeah. I've only actually missed a podium in the race that I did not finish. I have podiumed every race I've done. Everybody at World Championships last year was aware that I needed to be in that race, but they were so dead set on we're doing 15 and we're doing only time that this is how we ended up in this situation. Yeah. And – um. So like I said, like if you put look at I mean um Meb Kevlezi. Yeah. You know Meb, marathoner? Yeah. If you had Meb and he had to do a time-based qualifier for the Olympics, he would mm -hmm. never have made the Olympics. But Meb is a gamer. And so when shit gets real, Meb finds a way to win ugly slow races. That's how Meb wins Boston, right? But this is this is what I'm talking about. What is more important? that you can time trial one good race at some point in the year or that you come in and beat everyone when it matters. And I just feel like we can, they'll be continuing to tweak this system. And Rich said, well, what if you have a slow winner? And I said, this is like people complaining that like some people are getting welfare that don't deserve it. Like, <laughs> like isn't it so much better that like everyone who needs it gets it than that. And like, so what someone fucking cheats the system who cares? Like, in the grand scheme of things, way more people who need it are being taken care of, and that's what matters. Let's go with the same thing right now. Isn't it better that the fastest racers get in, the people who kick ass all season long get in and don't have a situation like last year where Maastricht had like nine qualifiers that booted everybody yeah. out because one course was really fast? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that too. And, and when you put it that way, it's like – I don't care if some people get in that don't deserve to get in. Yeah, totally. As long as the people who do deserve to get in get in. Like the fact like, that because people are gonna get in that don't deserve it anyways. Yeah. Look at the championships last year. Like yeah. a bunch of guys were running like in the 110 range. Like they don't deserve to be there, but they still got to be there. Yeah, yeah. And that should be the other guy. And then at, and without the drop dropouts, Rich Ryan would not have been in it and obviously deserved to be there. You know, like Chris totally. Roglowski would not have been in it, you know, like shit like that. So I don't mind that. I don't mind that putting something in there for race winners. You know, maybe that's a better idea than a last chance qualifier or something like that. Well, so like, why does it matter? Why can't it be 25? Like if you have, if you have 40 high rocks races around mm -hmm. the globe, like, is it a big deal if there's 40 people in a, in the heat, there are 40 or 50 people per heat in Birmingham this coming weekend. Yes. Why not just do fifth last year at the elite or 2021 at the elite 20, they called it. They ended up having like 38 or 36 male and female combined racers show up for it. And they ran them all in the same wave. So they clearly have enough equipment to get this thing done. So like, and just separate the men from the women. Like the excuse I kept yes. hearing was, well, we only have 15 lanes. And I was like, you have 30 lanes. You have 30 lanes. You're just choosing not to use them. And you're choosing to ruin the broadcast product as a result. So oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, let's not even get into that. Like don't, you're already taking away 
some of the competition. Now you're going to take the broadcast and split your resources over two races. And now both the fans who are watching can't keep up with it. And the people at home can't keep up with it. Like the camera people can't keep up with it. No, it's uh, and that, and that's good. And I think that was the only reason I could think of why they would want to limit it to 15 is for potential future coverage. Thinking that that would be better, but at this time, that's that's not there. They're not doing it. Throw throw them in there. And God, as someone who has commentated a couple, two, three, I don't know how many of these races now, separate the men and the women. Just please, just please. So my God. first, my first high rocks. They did that. It was yeah. the Invitational. It yeah, was and so I, cool. I commented was so that. Cool. It was, it was awesome. I was yeah, I remember that. And I was out there like watching the women's race, like screaming and cheering and having a blast. And then the whole herd of people move from sled push over to sled pull. And so every station was a mob of fans, like hanging over the, the rails. Like it was so, so awesome. The energy was unbelievable. And then you go and you do the same thing and you split that audience over two courses. Some people want to watch the women. Some people want to watch the men. And it just doesn't have the same power. Now the way High Rock set up, the bleachers and they like brought everybody in and had it be the main show. Like, yes, at a world championship, you were able to get like all these people to come in late at night and yeah. watch this, but still it was split. Like the viewing experience, having watched it from the stands yep. begrudgingly, very begrudgingly. Uh, I had a really good time watching it. I just was very pissed off the whole time yeah. uh, watching people like drop out of the race and watching people like, <laughs> run very slowly. Uh, but it was a really good viewing experience, but would have been enhanced significantly by separating those races again. Would have been so good. And it made a great difference, that kind of thing, in person. But as far as a stream or a live feed, it was still the same difficulty to deal with. Because again, it was, it was still men and women going at the same time and splitting your attention and not being able to focus what you wanted to do. And I think even if, so right now, most races, they have a dude, I think it's usually Graham, runs around. He was in New York. He followed you guys, right? Did that. And, and I mean, that's cool. He does a good job. For, he for does a pretty a, good job. Yeah, for, for a like single, how limited it is. Yeah, yeah for really a single dude Instagram live feed, he does great. You know, he's athletic. He can keep up. But even then, he was following the women. Then he had to deviate away and get back and forth and do two things at once. And yeah, I mean, you missed the sled push in the men's race because they had to walk, they had to show the wall balls of the women's finish. Like exactly, and, yeah. and they did. He made the right call. Yes, but but the viewing experience was taken away. So yeah. I I. Like, I think you have to show that women's finish. I mean, yes. it, it would be awful. Also from, like, a PR standpoint. Oh, like, yeah. Well, yeah, we had to cut away from the women's race because the men are starting. Like, <laughs> that, yeah, The women are about to cross the finish line. Let's see the start. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. But that And that's a decision that Graham shouldn't have had to make because they should have just waited for the men to be done. And this is where, you know, we tip the hat to Decca. Decca does this all the time. You know, men go, they wait for the clear. Women go, and it's it works better Plus, that way. Plus, clearing the course is a good thing for the race. It's so much better. Guys can race more tactically if they're not, like, dodging through 150 other people out there. Yeah. And that's something that, like, you had to deal with in New York. But people in the UK, like, in London and stuff where they've had 4,000 people at the event have had to deal with all last year because they're I mean, weaving in and out just a mob of people. You're so, preaching to the choir. That was where I tried to qualify for world championships. Exactly. Yeah. So, so which was worse, New York or London? Um, I like think New York people. was New York was more crowded, but London also had the misfortune of the giant uh, stations, the giant zones. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, I mean, my time actually, if I hadn't, I, I ran past the Walpole station in London and then had to circle back because uh, it was like uh, the the rowers and the skiers were like the furthest away. And I like ran through them and then realized I'd gone too far and came back and cut over to the wall balls. And I lost like 30 seconds or so. My time would have been fairly similar. I so think, they didn't reset I, and they didn't reset and run the last part of the race again. <laughs> I know it's shocking. <laughs> it's actually, um, it's actually incredible that I, I should have basically petitioned them and been like, we should start Absolutely. again at the wall balls. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so no, but I, it was very crowded in London. And the one thing is they made the run course like the widest it had ever been, but no one was using that. Like everyone, everybody, I don't care like if you're like the slowest person out there, everybody tries to hug the rail. Yeah. And then the in and out points really matter too on these courses. Like do they design it so that you're like the smart way to design an in is to have the entrance be um, as you're coming off the turn mm -hmm. and then – you kind of run in casually and then the out should be um, after a turn as well. But what they've done is the in is like, it's like in the middle of a turn. It's yeah. like, so you have to like kind of hairpin into it, which is way slower. Yeah. And then, and then coming out of it, you're coming out in the middle of like a straightaway where people are running like hard. So that's a mess. And I saw the one for Birmingham and it's like the out and the in, the people will be crisscrossing each mm -hmm. other yeah. instead <laughs> of doing it just the opposite for the in and the out, like have the in first and then the out, but it's the out first and then the in they're next to each other. So that will be mayhem. And I hope yeah. that they just think this just switch, switch it. it. Just switch. Please switch it like that stuff that over the course of a race, when you're hair pinning in and out, instead of coming in smooth at a dead run, I mean, that's significant time. Oh, yeah. And even just a fatigue of stop, start, stop, start, essentially. Like, it adds up. Oh, I mean, that's the other thing is, like, the fatigue of four-lap courses, like, decelerate, reaccelerate mm -hmm. every turn, every hundred, every every 70 meters or 60 meters, it really fatigues you. Yeah. It really wears you down. I felt it. I, that affected me in my wall balls, for sure. Like, I was just kind of cooked by the time I got. Plus, oh, and this is, I think, another interesting perspective to think about like because i i'm always diving deep into like what why why did this feel different um the temperature in the room mm. they were anticipating this room is small so they were anticipating two thousand people in a room that was you know normally you have two thousand people in a room the size of navy pier yeah. where you can do a two-lap course and so the the air the the hvac system is ready to handle that but they crammed us in for you know for nine hours leading up to the race or eight hours leading up to the race, it was 2000 people crammed into this tiny space that was maybe a third, the size of Navy pier. And the, the room was like 85 degrees when we were racing. It was unbelievable. So yeah, I mean, there's no question temperature is going to have an impact. So, you know, look, I ran a great time. I'm, I'm actually very yeah. happy. Um, I'm not complaining. Like I had, I'm thrilled actually, but, um, when we look at it from like a all things equal standpoint, like I think these are, these are things that like are going to be ironed out over time and people have to raise the issues in order to down the road, make these things actually as even as possible. And I do find that Hyrox does listen. They do listen. They do take into account what people like yourself, even people like me tell them and, and talk to them. They might not act on everything exactly the way we want, but they do take into account. They are listening. So I think hence they did make a little change with the, the qualifying this year. It might not be as far as we wanted, but, it's subtle. It's a start. 
it's a great start. start. And I'm, listen, like I didn't, I didn't, dis- I didn't just like the outdoor race concept. I just thought uh, like a Northeast United States in October. October was probably not like the best time to do that. But um, like, I've always kind of been a proponent. Like what if we had, what if you just took like an outdoor track mm-hmm. and you just did lap, lap, half lap. Yeah. And then you do your zone inside and you exit out at the 50 yard line of the opposite side of the track. And then you go lap, lap, half lap, enter again. Yeah. So it's two and a half laps on a pure running track, eight lanes wide. You don't mind going around people in a situation like that. Great traction. The curves, great runnable curves. Um, and then you put up a giant tent on the inside. So mm-hmm. you can cover the interior. Um, you might even be able to do it in like a dome stadium or something, which yep. would be really freaking cool. Um, but the idea of like, if it's covered, now you're, you're really talking, like it's kind of indoor, it's kind of outdoor, but they could do this like low budget, like yeah. just renting out like division three facilities or whatever. Like I, I've been pushing it for this for a while. You could probably get them um, for free. I wouldn't even mind doing it like in wet conditions, like so be it, you know, yeah. but because the running would still be so good. Like a wet track, with the right shoes is fine. Yeah. I, I've been a proponent of the, the whole stadium track thing all the time. I even said in the beginning, they should have made it 800 meters instead of a thousand. And then they would have been open for every track in the world. But that is what is 10, 10 by 8,000 or 10 by 800. There you go. And what, if you could add, if you could add two more stations to high rocks, what would they be? Oh, me, I would, and I would like some form of pull-up. And I, and I, I know it's the exact same thing. Difficult to judge. You might have to do a thing, but I thought either two things came to mind for me, like an infant pull-up bar. You know the like the rotating pull-up bars, kind of deal where you can go a uh, rotating monkey bars anyway, infinite monkey bar kind of deal, something along that lines. Or well, I mean, get so many reps. Or the you know where you have like an angled <laughs> angled pull-up bar where you have to go up a few rungs down, up a few rungs down, something like that. So form means nothing. So there's no judging of form. Sure. I mean, because we all know judging is, and it's still, I know it's, it's improved, but it's still difficult with the wall balls and it seems to be the only spot it really comes up. But some form of pull-up thing I'd like to see, definitely. Um, I don't know about another one. What else I'd like to see on there? What about like a 50-calorie assault bike? Oh, yeah, that'd be good. That cause some, people, that, some people would be there all day. But <laughs> just blows people up, that bike. The only problem... I have with the bike, and this is the rower, the skier, all of it, is that if one thing gets out of calibration, it could screw everybody up, right? Like those machines can often be different. Mine at home is a good 15 seconds slower than any one that I try anywhere else. Yeah. And, it, you know, 15 seconds my per 500. Like, my skier is like that. My skier is like eight seconds slow per yeah. compared to my, my ones at the studio. Like I bought one for home and it is, my wife is like, why is this one so much harder? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I'm 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 doing mine there and, and I'm like, you know, it's hard to row on my rower under like to get in a 150 is a hard row, right? For for me, even on, on that my rower at home. Then I went to DECA and in the relay, I'm rowing 130. And I'm like, gee, yeah. like it's that big a difference. So that kind of yeah, when I did the when I did the team race, <clears throat> I was pulling like 124 yeah. for like the <laughs> first 300 meters. And then I was like, oh my god, my legs are like melting. Um uh, so it did catch up with me. I think that was adrenaline more than anything. But yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, so the, yeah, I could see a pull-up station. Yes. Um, I do not. I mean, would they be kipping pull-ups or would they just be? Again, that's the thing. I know, think you'd have to allow kipping. 
you'd, you'd have to because who can judge a strict pull-up, especially in a race? I mean, they can't judge so a squat. Here's some, so here's some other options. Yeah. Okay. Um, deadlifts. I'm not bad. I'm more right that. Right? Deadlifts would be interesting, right? It would crush people's legs and backs and grip, right? Mm -hmm. Thrusters. I could see Love a dumbbell thrusters. thrusters. Like a dumbbell thruster station would be a really cool station. Dumbbells instead of – I think dumbbells make the most sense as opposed to – Also for safety. Um, yeah, and just spatially. Like there's a way more mm -hmm. space to work with dumbbells. Yeah. Um, so I could see a dumbbell station. I could see a um, – Oh, you know what? The another carry would be like in the CrossFit games, like what they had for the Capital event. The um yoke. The bag. Oh no, oh yeah, the, yeah. The bag, the, the Husafel bag, yeah, uh across the chest, like a hundred and fifty pound Husafel bag that the men have to carry, like hugging to their chest. And yep. it's like the size, it's a kind of like the shape of like a not quite a diamond. Yeah, uh, almost yeah. like a Superman logo. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's got that. I like that. And I just thought of another one just now. I don't know if I do the thrusters just because that is almost the same movement as the wall balls, even though that the, the weight would balls. obviously be more. Um, but a ground to overhead, something along that yeah. line. Yeah, maybe even a ground a to overhead or or a D ball over the shoulder, something like exactly. that. Exactly. But like a single arm dumbbell snatch, ground to overhead. Or, you know, and I like ground to overhead because again, you're not going to be judging full extension. It just doesn't get over your head. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, these guys are from a CrossFit background. And so, like, when I did the um, – they did the Hyroxic virtual qualifier. When I was yep. trying to get into the Invitational, I was, yep. like, you know, talking all this shit and, <laughs> like, starting, like, viral social media campaigns. Yes. And, like, let me, hashtag let McGee to race. And, like, um, you know, like, Hunter doesn't want McGee to there. Like, all this stuff. Like, But then they were, like, oh, we're giving away three spots to, like, the people who qualify in our virtual competition. Yep. And I was like, oh, I'll just go crush that. So I went out and, like, did the two-mile run, like, in the snow. <laughs> and then, uh, did uh, – there was a couple other events. Yeah. Uh, one of them was, like, rowing and wall balls, and I, like, dominated that event. And then um, the last event had, like, lunges and devil's presses and something else. And on the devil's presses, it was one arm. Yeah. And, um, and they – look at my arm, how my arm is yeah. straight up right now. They call, this is how straight as my arm goes. Yep. They said my arm was bent and these reps don't count. I was like, my arm. It don't go no like straight. This, that's, that's what it does. Yep. And so the, I could see the reps on snatches being like very, like yeah, they've exactly. just judged them weird. And so I do like the idea of an overhead. Like I don't love Decca's Ram Burpee because of that. Like I think it should have, you should have to extend, but judging extension is hard. Yes. So um, I, I get it. I really do. Um, I don't know like what else you could throw in to yeah. this event. Like you could put box jumps for yeah. sure. Yeah, something along that lines. I I still like something ground ground overhead and and jack it up. I'm a with bit. you. I think I think ground overhead and assault bike would be like the two that I would probably lean into the most. Um, or or you just go really crazy and you just have like you got to do like five rope climbs. Oh, I would love that. See, that would replace the pull up. I'd be great with that. That'd be all right. Five rope climbs would be awesome. That's like cool because like you could do like Elijah Muhammad style where you just oh, jump like halfway up. That was insane just, when he did that. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guy right there. Elijah's my buddy. I, I love that. That was great. And I also like the one they did at last year's Rogue Invitational where they had the um, the the rucksack rope climbs in it. So uh, the, the, Whoa, the yeah, yeah. It just completely changed everything i thought it was awesome i love that and i think they did that at um at ruck games as well they had the 
rope climbs with the with the pack on. And what do you think the weights would be for uh, an over the shoulder at High Rocks? Because like Deca's like sixty pounds, forty pounds. I could see High Rocks being like it's a one hundred and fifty pound over the shoulder <sighs> for for men, and like a one hundred pound over the shoulder for women. Like I could see that, and you'd have to do like. And High Rocks would be evil. It'd be like, you have to do 30 of these. I don't know if they go to 150. I don't know. I don't know if they do that. I, th- I could see maybe 120 and, and 80 or something like that. But I keep a, I keep a 125 in my gym and, yeah. uh, that I use. And I'm like, I'm like, how fast can I do 20? And you do like 20 as hard as you can. And you're like, Jesus, this is, your it's heart rate is like through the, <laughs> through the roof. I do like that. And then, like I said, I mean, I know I've heard a lot of people say about this with DECA too. It's like, Make that over the wall or over the shoulder. Make that one heavier. Like it is a little light, but that's that's by half design. The reps, half the reps, double the weight, man. Let's go. Yeah, that and if it's but it's by yeah. design. That's what they wanted. They hit what they wanted to do. I know, I know, I know. Yancey left me a voicemail the other day. He's like, "This is the one time Deca is going to be for you, but Deca isn't for you. Deca is for everybody else. People <laughs> never want to race. People like he was like, I want you to know, this isn't for you." It's not yeah. about you guys, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean that's fair." I, I it, is, it. it is. I, I mean, it, they gotta they gotta make it. the money and do the masses. Somebody's got to be the intro to fitness racing yeah. for people. Like, and yeah. uh, if Deco wants to be the warrior dash of uh, of fitness racing, like, yo, be yep. it. Sell more beer while you're there. Yes, absolutely. Non-alcohol. Why is there no beer? Why can I not buy beer at these events? Like we're like. I think it's got to do with uh, with liquor licenses and because they're all indoors, right? No, but the the so usually the food is the reason you can't get like good food at these places is because the convention centers tend to be like union and or they have like strict rules about like vendors and like they yeah. have to be the vendor. But like, wh- just have them be the vendor and sell beer, like. I would stick around way longer after my event if I could slam a beer or two. Like the fact is like I get done and I'm like, I'm so hungry and there's yeah. nothing to eat. They're like, you can have this bag of potato chips and we have water and we sell like power lift uh, or like whatever the drink is that they, uh, that they sell. And I'm like, or that they give out. I'm like, no, like I want to like, I want to crush a beer. I want a cheeseburger. I want a Coca-Cola. I want like, like I want to eat like shit. I want my pizza. Yeah, I just I want to eat like shit because I just been like being really good all week leading up yeah. to this. I didn't get to go out on Friday night. Now I got to race at five p.m. on Saturday. So you basically took away Saturday night. Let me have a damn beer That's when right. I'm done. There you go. So we fixed and it. In, you know? in, yeah, and in Europe, that's how they have it. Like when you go when you race in Europe, the race is over. There's beer flowing. Like oh, let's, really? Let's go. Yeah, Warsteiner was like one of the sponsors of High Rocks in Germany. It's great. Oh, damn, that's great. That's the best way to do it. I would think they could do it if they do it for do it for Spartan and stuff. They could do it for here. I think it'll work. We'll work something out. Well, Spartan now is like, here's your Mike's hard lemonade. Well, you know, you take what you can get, I guess. In the summer, it's like kind of refreshing. I'm not gonna like pretend I'm a hardo and I won't drink that. I will, but like I'm not a hardo. I drink non-alcoholic beer. I just think lemonade sucks. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just not for me, but. All right, I know you're on a hot, uh, time cap, so we'll, uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, I just want to ask, ready, looking forward, Atlantic City, how's your prep? You're all good to go? I actually, like, I'm supposed to have started prepping for it, but I kind of haven't. I've been just, you know, I was, like, recovering for a few days from High Rocks, and then um, I've been still, like, my running is such shit. Like, I'm still just trying to, like, get my running back, but I did, like, a deck of strong sim the other day, like ice cold. I need to start like yeah. simming some of these events a little more just to be used to how they feel. And 
um, breaking them down into some into pieces and being like, okay, like which segment of the race do I want to like focus yeah. on doing repeats of this week and stuff like that. But um, I did, you know, I ran like a lot of 400 meter repeats this morning and like, I'm trying to get my foot speed up a little bit. So I'm ready for DECA fit and DECA mile. I mean, I think I'm probably most competitive in DECA fit mm -hmm. um, and DECA strong. I don't know. I mean, actually, I don't know. I've only run one DECA mile. I think given how much I improved in DECA strong from one to the next and even from fit from one to the next, like maybe I'll take a minute off my next deck of mile and all of a sudden I'll be like in a podium position. Like I, I think, I think it's all possible. So I just like, it's hard because you're like, they're so different. Like, how do I prepare for this? They're kind of the same, but they're really different. I think the fit is a lot more predictable because everybody, every time is the same. Everybody's been there, but the deck of mile setup for this is going to be different than anyone's ever done because everybody's used to their gym deck of mile setup. So it's all weird. So this one could be very different. And again, you're not going to have, you know, most people do a deca mile. It's either like one one lane, two lanes, maybe four. Sometimes this is gonna have like twelve lanes. It's gonna be like twelve lanes. So yeah. it's gonna be uh, very different. Is it gonna be like? So I was talking to Rich about this. Rich Ryan, is this like a straight out 80, 80 meters and then like hairpin turn and straight back, or is it like a little loop? Is it gonna be like a a one hundred and sixty meter loop, like a short cat track speed skating loop? Like I think banked the corners they have. <laughs> Just like so hard, like everyone's like leaning, like your knee is like six inches off the ground. You're like hey, revving your arms, trying to run these corners, or like what are they? What are they doing? I'm thinking, and I, I have heard. I just don't want to put like a hundred percent on it. I hear it's going to be an eighty out and back. Yeah, I figured. Now that's not terrible. My, my run course was way worse than my qualifier, like yeah. way more turning than that. So I actually am fine with it. Um, yeah, I think an eighty out and back that, is the best way to set it up. Most realistic. I mean, well, yes, theoretically, what the best way to do it would be like outdoors with 160 meters between yes. them and you have five stations at each side and then you have yeah. to have turning. That'd be really cool. But be cool. the thing about the mile that I thought beat the living shit out of me, the worst about it, the reason I think I, I felt most miserable on it was the deceleration to a dead stop, like hairpin and reaccelerating up to speed, like takes such a yeah. physical toll on the body comparatively to like running a 500 and you're just, you're just setting up tempo. Yeah, it's just a really different running experience. I felt like it hurt worse. You could do like Weird. a thermometer, you know, where you come down, have a little circle on the bottom, and then come back up, so you don't quite decelerate quite the same. Yeah, they won't do that. No, they're I gonna know. just have you. They're just gonna have you in your lane. And uh, listen, the viewing experience is gonna be so cool. Like I think that's exactly. that's sweet. That's how I envisioned it was gonna be. Is just just you know, eighty out, eighty back, hit your station. Eighty out, eighty back, hit your station. It may be actually a hair less than 80 out, 80 back because you're running along your stations as well. Like the stations are going to be in your lane, not spread out laterally. So they may have to play with that distance a little bit, just like the DECA fit. The first run in DECA is like longer and the runs yeah. are like supposedly shorter after the first one. But Yancey tries to explain it as like you do 19 lap full laps. And I was like, Yancey, it's 20 laps. Just Stop confusing people. It's 20 laps. It doesn't matter not, as long as it's always the same. It doesn't matter if it's like 19.9 laps. Like it's 20 laps. Like stop confusing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as they're all the same in each event, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Because in this one, the time system does kind of work. There's the occasional one that it doesn't yeah, when you're on turf does. or whatever. But, you know, it does kind of work. It kind of works. So we'll this take it. This will be really forever. fun. I'm looking forward to it. I think the problem for me is I'm doing every event and like, so I'm going to hammer the deck of fit and then we're going to drill the team race that night, market at night. And then it's like, okay, 
then I, I did that. And then the next morning was training early and I was okay, but I'm not going to be like a hundred percent, you know, yeah. the next morning. And there's some guys who like just qualified for the deck of strong the next morning. So they're going to come in like chomping at the bit. And a couple of us are going to be like, Oh crap. Like we got to like peel our bodies off the floor and like, hope we didn't do too much damage. And then close with the mile in the evening, like the last event is like, in my opinion, the most brutal one. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is uh, so what, you, a, what a. You're going to walk up to the lunges after the night before and see Ryan Corning sitting there fresh as a daisy, <laughs> ready to do 17 second assault bikes. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know how many times it took him to get the time that he got in Deca Strong. He's done a lot. Very impressive. Yeah. He's done it a lot. Yeah. I've done it twice. I'm within yeah. 20 seconds of him. Do I think he's unbeatable? No. no. No, no. But he's good. I don't think anybody's in I don't think anybody's unbeatable in any of these events. Like I think like the fact that I ran where I, the way I did on like basically no run training for the mm -hmm. DecaFit in West Palm, like I think people are a little worried about that. Yeah. I also think that people need to worry about Rich Ryan because when that dude dials in his running, which he hadn't before West Palm, He's going to be a monster. So I think there are four guys who are fighting for the top three podium spots. And it doesn't mean that that's the order that they'll finish those four, because what generally happens when, when people try to smash each other in this race is like inevitably a couple of them blow up and fall out the yeah. back of the pack and end up finishing like eighth. So, uh, but I think it will be mayhem. Like I think Mark Gaudette will run the fastest running. Rich will be up there with the fastest running. Uh, Ryland will be probably the third fastest in the running. And then like, you know, I think myself and, uh, Ryan Kent will have the fastest stations at this deck of fit. Like, so it will be like a really interesting battle. I think, so. I think it will, I think it's definitely hard to call. And then I think when you talk about that strong, that event can come down to someone struggling with the strap on their rowing machine to getting their foot out. That totally. kind of little thing could be what changes it. And I know that's the thing. I've been trying to practice that because that that has jacked me up before. Yeah, ins and outs, ins and outs on the on the rower. I mean, uh, it, it and then like you know, like over over, and also like just like overburning on like one station, and then you get to the assault bike, and your heart rate's just like five beats too high, and it just eats you. Yeah, and and let's be realistic, the judging on the lunges is is hugely important. That's where the judges probably need to be. That bang on and that consistent it doesn't matter what one does it's what they all need to do the same so if one of them's calling allowing a little bit of hop they all need to that's what's got to be important there that could be so crazy. i actually don't really I, I feel like it's kind of a silly rule like if a guy wants to let him <laughs> like if a guy can bang his knee off the ground and get to full extension who the fuck cares how he does it like yep. um it's more so like I think like the box step overs when like people were working the corners. Like yeah. that's a bigger issue. So they seem to have tightened that down enough. That seems to be all right. Well, that's good. Yeah. The uh, last ones I've seen have been tightened down. Um, and I was I'm with you with that. The lunges. If someone wants to do jumping lunges with 55 pounds on their back, go ahead. Great. You're gonna burn out really fast. And I've seen people get away with it, and every time they burn out. Yeah, I mean, I, I the thing is, like, it doesn't matter. Like this race, it doesn't matter which one you do. Like, they're all an exercise in in yep. pacing. It's just an understanding of how fast can you pace it. Yep. And 
you know, guys like Ryland have tried it a few times and mastered it and, and they're really impressive athletes on top of that. And so, you know, I'd be surprised if he's not sniffing podium in all three events. And I'd be surprised if Kent isn't sniffing podiums in all three events. And I'd be surprised if I'm not sniffing podiums in all three events. And it doesn't mean you're going to be even anywhere near it. Like in the strong, you could be sniffing the podium and 12 seconds back and you're yeah. like seven places back. Like it, yeah. it's going to be it's freaking really tight. It's and, so fun. Um, you know, I think it's a more established hierarchy in the fit than probably any of the others. But again, like any of the top like seven or eight guys have a chance to be on that podium. I think there's a couple of guys that don't have a chance, but you know, maybe they'll prove us wrong. I don't know. Yeah. And, and like any, I, I think that anyone in this field could finish like eighth place. That's, oh, yeah. that just could happen. Yeah. I, and I think that's, Every, I think that, yeah, you're exactly right. I don't think anyone can win this race that's in that field, but I do think anyone correct. can come last. <laughs> just a matter of yeah I, I don't know if kent's gonna come last he might not he might but not like but like no but i'm just saying like there's a range of like i think yeah. there are like eight guys that could finish anywhere from like first or second to like eighth place yeah. like it's like they could like pop like the day of their life and be on the podium or be spit out the back yeah. and you know it, it could easily happen to me in any of these events and that's why like like I go in like to these events like extremely confident, but also like with the understanding that like shit can go sideways. Yeah. And like I think a lot of people that watch this, they love to talk shit about this person or that person. Or this person sucks, or you know, like whatever. And it's the reality is like, these guys are all really good athletes, yeah. and and uh, it's fun to race each, race each other, and we all really like each other. That's the other thing. Like none of these guys dislike each other. I'm yeah. I'm in a fantasy football league with like Kent and Rich <laughs> Ryan and uh Nick Riker and like a whole gang of these guys. And uh we just like it's just fun to yeah. talk shit. Like the shit that we talk to each other is is boys being boys. It's not like an actual thing. No. And so like anybody like people like pick sides, it's like fanboys, like picking sides, and like they think that this is like a real conflict. And like it's like, yeah, we all we get out in the course. Like we want to tear each other's yeah. heads off. That's just how it is. But like, it's all, we're all drinking beers together afterward. Yeah. And and that's why it's just going to be like the biggest boys race where you guys just throw down and, and yeah. you know, the money's on the line, which is great, but the bragging rights are almost going to be worth more. Yeah, man. Like it's, I think, well, that's the thing, you know, so, so uh, Kent's, Kent's talking a lot of talk right now, right? Just because. <laughs> You know, we're in fantasy football, and he's like, you know, we're picking, like, who's, like, if you finish last, you got to do this and that. And we had the Decadog 5,000, which, yep. is, which is phenomenal. Uh, but Kent was like, well, uh, how about if you're a DecaFit champion, you're exempt from this? And I was like, well, you know, like, I was like, Ryland's not in this league, buddy. So, <laughs> we... <laughs> so you know yeah it's like it's all good friendly like chirping at each other it's all fun so like that that's like what makes this such an enjoyable thing i think for a lot of us is like you also like what's the point of winning if you don't get to like trash talk your buddies a little bit that's right and it's gonna be but awesome also lift them up and lift them yeah, up too, yeah you know? yeah well they know they know like when you're in that in that competition and you know you have buddies you race against i have buddies i race against and when they beat me i'm like you know what i know i made them run a good race to do it and that's, you know, so I still yeah. feel good. Even though he beat me, I'm like, yeah, my buddy won. He beat me today. I should have won. Maybe. But you still feel good because your buddy took it and he, he had a great race. And that's all that matters. Well, so this is what I used to tell Hunter all the time. Like, 
uh, Hunter would like finish a race and he'd be like, all oh, these pussies, like I whooped all your asses. You all suck. Just go fucking quit. Like, you suck. And <laughs> we're like, oh, cool, man. Like, so we're all shit. Like, yeah, so yeah. congratulations. You're king of the shit. Like, <laughs> great. Like, it's not an accomplishment unless you beat somebody worth beating. And yeah. that's the reality. And that's how I think everybody is like kind of approaching this. Um, and I think we're also approaching this from a standpoint of like, yeah, DECA fit, like we're, we're legitimately good. Mm-hmm. And Deck a Mile, maybe we're legitimately good, but like Rich <laughs> and I talked about, like I think we're all actually trash. Deck a strong, and it's just a matter of like some really, really serious athletes coming in for that specific event, and they'll wipe the floor with our little running asses. Like we, yeah. we are, we are good at running and compromised running, and like we are really strong for runners. But like when you take away the running, like there are lots of guys that will beat us. Yeah, and, and even even Corning. I mean, Corning Corning's great. Um, you know, uh, Kevin Gregory's really great. That that good. But there's going to be guys that eventually find this that are going to make them look standing still. That like, especially people who specialize in that rower, that bike, and that skier who can really lay down time on those. It'll be it'll be. Dude, there's the guy who qualified like second overall is like a mountain bike instructor or something. Yeah. So he just like you know what he's doing. He's yeah. He's rowing hard. He's not getting crushed by it. Mm-hmm. And then he's getting to the ski erg and he's working hard there. And then he's getting to the assault bike and he's probably just laying down, laying it it, down like yeah. just rough, ripping it. And the thing is, it's not just what he can output. It's, it's that it doesn't hurt him. Yeah. What he has left after get through the tank and the, well, I mean the over the shoulders, but mostly the tank and the burpees after is what really saps you. So if you got gas left there, like that's where that race is. It's after that bike. It's how it's you go hell. after that yeah. bike. The race is like, it's all kind of like nimbly pimbly until we get to like the skier. And yeah. then you're like, okay, let's get to work. Like, let's actually yeah. get to work. And then when you get to the assault bike, it's like, okay, this is where like it goes sideways. Like this is where like you start seeing stars and blacking out a little bit. It's like you come off that assault bike and you're like, like you get to like the sled and you're just, yeah. you're like, Oh, now it's like, now it's dig in and, and guts. So I, I, uh, I got my bell rung by, by uh, my second, uh, Deca strong and yeah. I got my bell rung by by first deck a mile and now I'm I'm uh I'm gonna get some practice reps in so <laughs> awesome buddy well yeah. thanks very much for doing this I really appreciate it uh we will be streaming the strong the lie the mile and the fit from uh from Atlantic City so you can watch it all I bypassed on my entry which I you, you know I had but I let it go yeah. and um and yeah yeah so I'll, I'll stream it instead but well, you're going to be the host of the stream? Yes. Is that the plan? Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of details aren't worked out, but I guarantee I will be streaming it somehow one way or the other. I put in a good word for you on that, by the way. Oh, yeah, I wanted yeah, you to yeah. be I wanted you to be the, the host. I think you've done an excellent job with the opportunities that you've had, and it's very professional, and it's well done. And from one broadcaster to another, I want to say good work, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, bud. We'll see you out there. Can't wait. See you out there.